Hey guys, it's the Spongeworthy Podcast. My name is Daryl Williams. And I'm Zach Hillman. And of course, today we are talking about Season 6, Episode 8, The Mom and Pop Store. And our guest again today is the sneezing, coughing, wheezing master himself, Seth Lazier. Hey, welcome back, guys. I'm... I'm happy to have you both on the show, and uh, let's dive right in. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Stick around, guys. So you think you're sponge-worthy? She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy, and I think I'm very sponge-worthy. Sponge-worthy? The Sponge-worthy podcast. Sponge-worthy. And we're back from the break with Seth Lazier. We do, did do, it. Do, 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 do. Yeah. How you doing, Seth? How you doing since last episode? Oh, uh, so much I've accomplished back then. I saw a lunar eclipse. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, played some volleyball with uh, some ex-pros. Nice. Nice. Um, Was Kenny Loggins being played? I mean, it, you can't play any way else <laughs> right oh. yeah and we're talking today about season six episode eight we start this episode off with some stand-up uh car names are stupid mm-hmm. right this is like kind of just to serve the episode i don't mm-hmm. know if this has like super duper legs on its own i've heard a few comics actually say this premise where uh you know nobody from malibu owns a malibu yeah shit like that yeah yeah no Baron has ever owned a LeBaron. Right, right. It yeah. seems like a pretty common premise, I think. Yeah, a handful of... Nikola Tesla has never owned a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's true. I always uh, thought that it would be... Uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, I thought it was really funny to be like, hey, I'm not going to buy a car that sounds weird if you put butt after it. Mm-hmm. Like, or butt before it. Yeah. Like butt probe... Or Butt Ranger, Butt Odyssey, Butt Excursion. Dude, now I really want a Butt Ranger. That sounds like like my type of expedition. Right, Butt Eclipse, no. Butt Ram. Right, right, Butt Ram, no. Butt Beetle. What about Butt Challenger? Yeah, see that... I think you're never going to buy a car, Daryl, is what we're finding out. if you go into, like, you know, uh, foreign cars, like, you know, Civics and Toyota Corollas, you're like, that doesn't make sense, a Butt Corolla. Yeah, so but, that that you can but, buy that but car. Corolla does sound like something you need to see a proctologist about. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> um, oh, do you hear about his butt Hyundai? It's yeah, not good. His butt Acura is just off the chart. Yeah, see, those don't make any sense. Or butt one fifty. No. Yeah, yeah, but if you got like a butt Diablo, yeah, ooh, that, that would be cool. That'd be I fun. went to Del Taco last week. Got a butt Diablo. <laughs> not great. Would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, yeah, like that's as far as I go on the like car names. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like trying to take down car names is kind of like this. This isn't punching up or punching down. This is just like punching. I don't yeah. even know. Like it just seems also like a like a premise that yeah, a guy six months in would be doing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like I'm not gonna say what material comics should be doing at what stage of their career, but it's just come on. It's it's more filler, right? mm-hmm. which yeah. I'm starting to understand is Jerry's more of the presence than the material. 
Sure. You go yeah. there and you want to see the what's the deal? That's that's mm-hmm. what you're paying for. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So after the uh stand up we have George at a car lot. Yeah. He's buying an eighty nine Volvo from, from Vic. Um mm-hmm. and he's dead set on an eighty nine Volvo. Right. Which feels really depressing to me. <laughs> Volvo's practical, I mean yeah. Back then, they were built like tanks. You know, they were very safe car. They were like the last holdout to go f- swap from metal to carbon fiber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I I hear you. I get it. Volvos are very practical, but for someone to be like, I have my heart set on a Volvo, it just doesn't feel aspirational. You know. <laughs> well, you also did the research. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's we find that out later. But in yeah. watching the the scene initially, I was like, "Oh God, George! Like this is this is where you're at. Where you're like, nope, just the '89 Volvo. I right. don't even want to look at other cars. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's probably like yeah, the most affordable with uh, you know towards his budget. Yeah, but gas also mileage safety or gas safety. Mileage. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay, it had uh, you know four doors. I mean, I get it. And then uh, quickly, Vic turns his attention to a 89 LeBaron. Apparently, mm-hmm. this is a car lot that only has 89-year models. Apparently. Uh, well, what year was this uh, show? 95, I think this so is when this episode. Years. Yeah, six years yeah. after. So six years. This is right before like things start really going wrong on a car, sure. I think. So you got like maybe one or two good years out of this car. Yeah. You kind of got to make an advisable purchase. Yeah, so. right. Depending on, like, you know, the mileage, he's probably almost to 100,000, maybe. And also yeah. parts. Yeah. 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 So Volvo parts are expensive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Imported. Yeah. Sure. So uh, Vic is like, oh, it's a LeBaron that used to be owned by John Voigt. Right. We made it, guys. TVs and films, John Voight. Guys, this is a big deal. This is the John Voight episode. Yeah. This is one of the landmark Seinfeld episodes that people, regardless of what they watch, they're like, oh, I've heard of this. Right. Yeah. This is a storyline that's... I I would venture to say this storyline about top 20 in the Seinfeld lexicon. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think... I think it's it's like such a great because John Voight is a legendary actor. Definitely. There's no denying that. Does John Voight have like that huge of a following? I mean, uh-uh. it's not like De Niro, right? It's he, not like Dustin Hoffman I, even. I, I got the right. guy you know? who's comparable, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, yeah, kind of. Well, did Tommy Lee Jones ever do anything Oscar worthy? Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, I possibly. Mean, like I no country for old men. No uh, country, he might have been. Okay. He might have been a nominated, but not one. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I, I think mean, fugitive and no country for old man are probably yeah. the two where he got the closest. Right. But yeah, I mean, John Voight won for Midnight Cowboy, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And that was like his first big film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So well, <laughs> we're really not giving Tommy Lee Jones much justice because he's had some. If we just look at his uh, roles, right. yeah, yeah, don't don't sleep on Man of the House, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even the Men in Blacks, you're like, yeah, the Men in Black are alright. Those no. he was a great role. I'm not uh, look. I'm not disparaging Tommy Lee Jones. I'm just saying like, the, 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 Voight is different for me Definitely. in that he's he's mostly done prestige pictures. 
Tommy Lee Jones has done a lot of blockbusters. And Tommy yeah. Lee Jones has probably worked a lot more than John Voight. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Voight feels very, like, illustrious. Like, he doesn't take mm-hmm. on many projects. Sure. Kind of. Sure. That's the difference. So, would you say he's more of a <clears throat> sort of lesser Burt Reynolds? Then? Kind of. Yeah, I'd, I'd put him in that class. He, You know, he seems more like um, uh, a Warren Beatty might be a good comp for right. John Voight. That's a good one. Warren Beatty, more accomplished, probably. Um, it's in the eye of the, the beholder. Right. Sure. Or like an yeah. Ernest Borgnine or some like just classic character actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like John Voight. Uh, I think he's also most famous for being uh, Angelina Jolie's dad. That's true. That's true. So, so sorry. The whole reason I asked this is like, are, are people like collecting John Voight memorabilia? No. That's why I'm asking this. Yeah. Nobody. I don't think anybody would care. Yeah. About purchasing John Voight's car. Yeah. Like yeah. it might be a cool little like, hey, this person used to own this house or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm not buying the house because of it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not paying more for John Voight's car. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. And then, uh, yeah, so clearly uh, George is on, like, cloud nine saying, like, this is the best purchase I've ever made. <laughs> yeah. He asks no follow-up questions. Nope. He doesn't ask for any authentication. Nope. He He's just, like, blissfully ignorant that yeah. he has John Voight's car now. You would think that, like, when they sold the car, they would have gotten a picture of John Voight, like, you know, in front going, like, hey, guys, or, like, shaking the dealer's hand or something. Yeah. And if they were going to sell it as John Voight's car, they would probably right. yeah. they would make sure that they got something. Yeah, on some paper. sort of authentication for sure. Yeah, not the case here. No, nope. <laughs> we find out later uh, yeah. how. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but but like right off the bat, the audience is thinking, and all the other characters are thinking, like, "Hey, George has been had." Yes, definitely, yeah. and Which, well, almost all of them. We'll Almost all. That's true. Yeah, Kramer's in. He, yeah, he he's never gonna like call out anybody as a, a liar initially. Yeah, yeah, he he's a very show me state energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yep. So he lives in a show me state of mind. And uh, then we switch over to Elaine and Jerry. They're at Jerry's apartment. Tim Watley. Yes. Boo 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 boo. Tim Watley makes his debut in yes. this yeah. episode. I would it's, uh, Brian Cranston, everybody. Yep. I would I would put him just like a little like a cut below uh Banya in sure. terms of his uh his recognition as a tertiary character. Sure. Um, I don't uh, it might be one of those things where because of who he was played by, that sort of escalated him post Seinfeld years. Yes. Yes. Because if it was just some character actor yeah, nobody really would have noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this exactly. is Brian Cranston, so mm-hmm. it sort of got. It's like when uh, Kristen Davis. I don't know right. if you guys did that episode yet. Mm-hmm. Kristen Davis played uh, Jerry's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was just a one-off. No one really remembered it. Right. Yeah. But same because, thing with Courtney Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, it was elevated, but it's still a good. Ki- recurring character who appears in after this episode four more oh yeah i did my research yeah i like that i really like that (laughs) and i think this is also another character that is a rare character that hates jerry the whole time like he's not a big fan of jerry yeah and yet interacts with jerry on a Mm -hmm. regular basis definitely and he uh, calls jerry 
Yeah, he calls Jerry to ask for Elaine and George's mm-hmm. address mm-hmm. so he can send them invites. Right. right. Which, like, that we'll, we'll get to it when Jerry's talking about, like, the snub. Or, or do we just want to talk about the snub right now? Because sure. that's well, kind of like well, the main first thing. We got, well, he's talking with Elaine, and then George enters. Right, yeah. So, so, so then we got George entering, and uh, he's like, hey, I got, I got this great car. It was owned by John Voight, and everyone's like, "You're such a fucking rube." Right? Yeah. There's a there's <laughs> the a John Voight. Yeah. There's yeah. some great writing in this mm-hmm. specific specific scene. I talk about great writing when I screw up the words, of course. Yeah. But when uh, airtight, George brings up, "Why would he say John Voight?" And then Jerry says, "That's the genius of it." Yeah. If they said Liam Neeson, <laughs> but then as the scene goes on and they're talking. Uh, sorry if I'm moving too fast because we'll, we'll circle back around to George and Jerry's. But when they're talking, and uh, Jerry asks, "Why would he call me for your addresses?" and then George says, "That's the genius of it." Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of I like that right. writing oh, where yeah, it's yeah, thrown yeah. back in each other's face. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, these two guys are just interacting. It's a really good interaction there. I want to point out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they knew what they were doing from time to time. <laughs> as it turns out, one of the best sitcoms ever. Yeah, uh, yeah they're good. Uh, so then Kramer comes in, and he's upset that the shoe repair store on the corner is going out of business after 48 years. Right. Yeah, the yep. mom and pop shoe repair store. How old are mom and pop? At least over 80, I want to say. I'd say mid-70s. They've been okay. doing it since the 40s then. Yeah. If they've been in business almost 50 years. Right. Post-World War II. The guy went, fought in D-Day, came home, married mom, started... He uses, like, Marshall right. Plan money or... Not Marshall Plan money. What am I <laughs> He's like GI Bill money. Yeah. You know all those people in the war? They needed shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of trench foot. Yeah. And I told myself, never again. Mm-hmm. Never again, Ma. Um, I mean, shoe repair is still around. Yeah, you, but have you ever gotten a pair of shoes repaired? I've definitely gotten things uh, like if you have a if you have like a messenger bag or something, mm-hmm. take that to a cobbler because they're because they deal with leather, sure, all the time. So like they'll fix it up for you. But uh, that's the thing is I never understand how they stay in business. They're charging like six seven bucks a pop, right? To, right. To, you know, like resole a shoe or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it'd never be different. A lot of money. It'd be different if we were doctors. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh, your cobbler only charges seven. Mine gives me nine. Harumph. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had some boots uh, resold and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it it wasn't that much money. I'd say it was more than eight bucks, but mm. it's probably like eight bucks a shoe. Well, we're talking 1995 yeah. money. Yeah. 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 So. But it is. It's very more affordable than to just buy a whole brand new pair of shoes. I never understood that about like. uh like yeah, cobblers and tailors. You you go in there and you're thinking like, oh, this is like, this is something that only like millionaires, professionals mm-hmm. can afford, right? And then you go and they're like, yeah, that'll be thirteen dollars. And you're like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. To have pants that look good on me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like to get my quinceanera dress altered? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the like, tailored pants or tailored suit is it. Yeah. It makes that much more difference. Yeah. It's so much better. It's exactly. Like, through the pandemic, I had an ever-changing body, and 
I had to get my JLo j- dress just refitted. And nice. It cost me twenty-two hundred dollars. Nice. Yeah. Did you have to get it let out or like, to begin with? Yeah. You know, I I'll, I'll be honest. I put on a couple pounds over yeah. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I'm losing them right now. Yeah. I actually dropped fifteen pounds. Oh, it shows! Wow. So I had to take my JLo dress back to get refitted. Mm-hmm. You know. I I think you did a great job with that double sided tape. Um, and, and we insisted you didn't have to dress up. For us, but I mean, you're just such a professional, Seth. Yeah. Um, I mean, always ready with the with the catchphrase and the perfect flawless outfit. I mean, you're just such a great guest. I got to yeah. say, you know. Well, this is great, and I just want to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the opportunities that He has granted me to yeah. be a guest on your podcast. No, uh, no worries. Uh, yeah. Without Him, I don't know how I'd jerk off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big ups to. JC, those bleeding wrists are just such a such a turn on. Oh. Yeah. So we have uh, George or Jerry uh, talking to Kramer about. Uh, I guess he's going to take all of his shoes down to the store or he's, to the mom yeah, and pop he's store. Like, going to take all of Jerry's sneakers to right. the mom and, pop <clears throat> and well, have them get repaired or something. Or what did Jerry say? Like, to, you know, my shoes are. He just pointed him in the direction. He was like, "Yeah, take them. Whatever. I don't give a shit." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, he takes them all except for some boots. Some cowboy Some boots. Some cowboy boots. That's the one thing Let's, he could have done. On. We're missing an entire scene. Yeah, the cowboy well, boots come later, but he basically, yeah, takes all the shoes. Yeah. He takes all the sneakers, which they're just going to detail, which I'm right. assuming that's not as much. No. The boots would be worth more to a cobbler. Definitely. That's the one thing you would actually take to a cobbler. Yes, especially almost brand new boots. Yeah, so... I don't know what Kramer's thinking, you guys. He's well, a little... well, what we know so far is he Jerry just pointed him in the direction. Yeah. And I don't understand where like Kramer's getting... What does he get out of this? Is he just doing it for, <clears throat> to well, help he... out mom and pop? Like, Yeah, he, meant, he says, what would it be, a cookie or a coffee stand? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, do you guys remember when gourmet cookie shops were popping up and like the Mrs. Fields right. shops and sure. all those yep. were... Sure. We're just coming up everywhere, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, Kramer's Kramer's just basically. Oh, that's right. He says, "Hey, Bacumbo." Did, Did you guys you, catch that? Yeah, yeah. He says, "Hey, Bacumbo." What means what? I tried to look it up, <laughs> and all that pulls up is like, "What did Kramer mean when he said, hey, Bacumbo?" And I, I'm pretty sure it's just a thing that he said, right, in the moment. Yeah, maybe he was trying to say Columbo or like. Maybe he's trying to say something. Bucko? Yeah, Bucko. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Larry Charles or whoever's directing is just like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Bacumbo. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't get that. I totally don't understand that. I tried to look it up. I I couldn't find anything. Bacumbo. (laughs) It sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, too, like, okay... So Kramer goes and supposedly does this, like drops off all the shoes. So, uh, yeah, so they think they're going to, like, you know, save the business because of Jerry's bundle of shoes or whatever. Yeah, so Kramer, he shows up to the shop and he drops off all of Jerry's sneakers, which there's, like, like you said, there's, like, close to 20 pair, maybe. Maybe. Uh, And uh, they're like, why does this grown man have all these sneakers? And Kramer's like, I don't know. He has some Peter Pan complex, which is yeah. just like, yeah. just a great wink at the audience moment. Um, and 
the sneakers aren't like, you know, like Heelys or like fucking ones with lights in those heels or <laughs> like they're just normal New Balances or like some Can't you Nikes. Picture like Jerry Seinfeld with his high pitch whine going into a Foot Locker and being like, "Give me the Charles Barkley shoes," you know, yeah. like <laughs> I need to pump up. I want to look like Patrick Ewing, like you know, <laughs> yeah. where like, are the Sean Kemp ones? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, these these nineties NBA All Star poles are just yeah. making me so happy right now. Yeah. This, this. Those Sean Kemp shoes are pretty cool. They were all yeah. right. They were all right. Oh, I always had the Starberries. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anything's better than those first-generation Iversons? Those things yeah, were right? ugly, <laughs> dude. What about the, the Shaq shoes? Oh, the Shaqs were terrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Jays. Jays are, like, mm-hmm. always the, yeah, you like always the want gold those. standard. Yeah. yeah. Kramer starts having nosebleeds. Yeah. Yeah. You would right. think right. you would go to the hospital. And it's yeah. not really uh, explained how or why or no. And is um, it springtime when? Yeah. yeah. Well, they did mention it's November. It later in that could episode. be. What if three you, episodes I, from now he's like Jerry? It turns out I was having an aneurysm. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, kind of want to close this loop on Kramer's yeah, yeah. nosebleeds. You know, <laughs> yeah. You ever had a tumor, Jerry? Push, push so hard into your brain. <laughs> no, Jerry. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're talking into a corner, Kramer. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, Jerry, sorry, Jerry. Have, have you ever heard of, about the story of <laughs> flowers for Algernon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, those lab mice. Um, yeah. So he goes and uh, basically takes a like a little rest or lays down. Yeah. At the shop. Yeah. And I think he uses the receipt mm-hmm. that they gave him to right. shove up his nose. Which it makes sense. Which it. I assume a cobbler is like a dry cleaner where you need the ticket yeah. to get it back. Yeah. You would think, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, look at all these loose wires you guys got. Oh, you should really see electrician about that. Right. Um, and they're like, I've never had anybody come into our store before. Yeah. At least maintenance-wise. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I guess, take a his judgment and go like yeah i guess we should probably do that yeah even though they shouldn't do that because they're short of money yeah Yeah. when they're going out of business Mm -hmm. yeah go do a lot of remodeling when you're going out of business that well we just detailed you know 15 pair of sneakers Mm -hmm. we can afford an electrician i don't even think that covered like a quarter of the rent yeah Yeah, i figured that's about 1995 money Hundred twenty dollars at most, possibly. Yeah, yeah ten dollars a pair. And we're talking New York City rents too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So you need that in like an hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're they're definitely going under one way or another for sure, regardless of whether Kramer notices these faulty wires. Um, this is also like another Seinfeld thing where like. The more and more one of the four characters tries to help a small business, the more it tanks the business. Yeah, this is Babu Bot all yeah, over again. Right, or the yogurt store, like everything. Yeah. Or oh, that guy God. who uh, played hooky from a business meeting and then he worked at a chicken place. What? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Remember when uh, Kramer put out the thing, Bad Chicken? I don't think oh. we've gotten there yet. I don't oh. think we've gotten there yet. Damn. But I yeah. do recall that a little bit, yeah. I'm sure I've seen it because I've seen the whole thing, but don't worry, I'll be a guest on that episode too. Perfect, Thanks. you'll see. We'll have you back. 
and you know wear some more Versace that time too. Right. Um, and so then we switch over to Elaine, and she's in Mr. Pitt's office, and she's picking salt off of pretzels. Yeah. Right. She's doing a, a little dance to yeah. some big band. She's jamming out to some big band. She's right. swinging it. She's swinging, swinging her thing. Right. Yeah. And this Swing-a-ling-a-ding. is a ding. Yeah. You know the pretzels taking the salt off pretzels. That weird. doesn't seems weird. Also, I think you could just buy the pretzels plain. Yeah. You know yeah. they. I would assume they made that already. Yeah, but depending how much she makes, you know. I mean, uh, this these are like the types of tasks that she has to do for Mr. Pitt. Yeah. He never has her do any actual work. No, just random uh, just tasks. In a way, I'm like, would I flourish in a job like this where it's mm. just like, hey, reorganize my gum or something, right, you know, right, like something right. that doesn't matter at all? Right. Or would I be driven to insanity by the meaningless tedium of it all? Some tasks I don't mind like this because I've had bosses that have told me to like, you know, do something very menial, but it's going to take like, you know, all day to do it. Right. It's just a personal assistant. Right. You know, imagine what someone like Janet Jackson's personal assistant has to do. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, okay, I shined up the nipple. uh, Tassels, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have a friend who's very successful, and she has a personal assistant. And I was, and she was uh, giving me some stuff for my baby when I had my kid. And I was like, oh, you know, you don't have to like go out of your way to drop it off. And she was just like, dude, it's my personal assistant. I don't care what the fuck she does. Right. That's what I pay her for. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Oh right, okay, okay, nice, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Then drop them off. Like, yeah, right, you're just right. dabbling with the plebs. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, if you want to have sex with her too, that's fine. That's, that's included. <laughs> what she does. Yeah, she's, she's my personal assistant. She's a concubine. Okay. Yeah. What do What do you think I have her on retainer for? Yeah. And if you just want to borrow, she's going to be buried in my sarcophagus. With yeah. me, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. just do whatever you want. Just <laughs> borrow her and ride in every carpool lane you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. That's what she's doing. Dude, that would, be, that would be the only reason I could afford a personal assistant is if I was mm. saving that much time on my commute. Right. Yes. Wait, you could got... afford a personal assistant because... Because I'd be saving so much time on my commute. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't be making more money. You would just be sleeping <laughs> saving in a bit more time. Later. <laughs> yeah. You'd be saving on gas. Yeah. Not really. You're still going the same distance. That's true. You're going faster, faster, so you have better yeah. fuel economy. There you go. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's we're talking about two dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you could afford a personal assistant. Yeah, exactly. yeah, uh, yeah. That, it's the hidden, yeah, costs. Yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, and so she's dancing to this jazz music, uh, and uh, Mr. Yeah. Pitt's like, "What is this intoxicating song?" And she's like, <laughs> "Oh, this is Barley's big." Butter boys. It's or almost some like he's never crap. heard music before. He's like, "What is this contraption?" Yeah. I feel like everything that Mister Pitt encounters, he's like, "What is this?" And mm-hmm. it's like, "Dude, this is a fruit roll-up." Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "I must have more." And it's yeah. like, he's just experiencing everything for the yeah. first time. He's a human MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, dude. He's basically like a kid on Molly. Yeah. <laughs> That is the perfect explanation for Mr. Yeah. Pitt's character. 
He's just like, what is this merry-go-round? <laughs> I want to eat this, but without any of the salt on it. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's like, oh my god, Elaine, you can name any big band song, and uh, mm-hmm. the radio station is running a contest where uh, if you guess the name of a song, you get to hold one right. of the floats. You get to hold right. Woody Woodpecker. So Mr. Pitt really wants to do it because his father always forbade him from doing manual labor. Which, which is weird. First on the list was holding a float in a parade. Yeah. Weird. That really sounds like a luxury activity. Yeah. First of all, it's very convenient for the radio not to talk while they're talking. Yeah. yeah. yeah when they yeah. stop talking, the radio kicks back in. I well, mean, of course. You know, just very, very convenient. Right. Yeah. And also, it's very convenient that they didn't have five commercials before they came up with the, oh, there's a radio contest? We didn't have to hear about uh, Slick Ricky's oil lube and tube? So we have uh, afterwards. We got Jerry and George, and uh, George is showing off the car. um, Right. And uh, Jerry's like, oh, did John Voight own it? Um, Jay steps in. He's like, you think John Voight really owned it? Jerry right. stepped in gum, and so now he has to like go back to his apartment. Right, because he doesn't want to go and ruin the upholstery. Yeah. The yeah. floor mats. Floor mats, yeah. But you figure November, New York City. It'd be all right. Yeah. It, you got the rain. You got the, like... It's snow. Is there snow November? I, it's definitely cold. I mean, it's definitely dirty. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. Like, you walk through the park, you get all that crap on your shoes regardless. Right. But just for some gum? Nah. I mean, you could just peel it off with yeah. a napkin or something. Right, 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 right. But they have to go all the way back up to the apartment. Weird. I don't know. What's he, is he just going to, like, throw these shoes in the garbage? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> just get a penny. Pick it off, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if... Uh, Mm-hmm. Daryl, if I uh, invited you, you know, let's say we're gonna we're gonna go to Irvine or something. Sure, you know, go to the place that big mall and get mm-hmm. on the Ferris wheel and eat some Italian ice. Right, nice. Sounds like get, a nice thing. of the Irvine Spectrum. Yeah, yes. The sponsor of our podcast. <laughs> we'll pause for their commercial now, and we're back. Man, that Irvine Spectrum Center, what a place. Yeah. yeah seriously. They, they have six hat shops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and five lids. Yeah. Now, so if I were to say, hey, we're going to the Irvine Spectrum Center. Yeah. We go to my car, and I'm and you're like, oh, I stepped in gum. And I'm like, wow, we are two blocks away. And also, <laughs> you happen to live on the fourth floor. We are going back to your apartment <laughs> yeah. just so you can swap shoes. Yeah. <laughs> If I was an ultimate dick, my move would be, could you take off your shoes? We'll put them in the trunk. Right. No shit. But, oh, I think this is unnecessary ass for George. Yes. It seems like just another way to get back up to the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. And it's it's our way to get uh, Jerry to realize that he doesn't have any shoes now. Right. And Um, he has to now wear the cowboy boots. Right, and uh, George, while they're in Jerry's apartment, George is singing, uh, everybody's talking, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Midnight Cowboy song. Cause right, because he loves John Voight now. He just loves John Voight to death now. <laughs> this is insane. 
This is so rad. This is so hilarious. I mean, this is 95 John Voight, too. So. He's, like, just whistling and looking at his car, just, like, just a pig and shit going, like, wow, man. It's so cool that I own John Voight's car. Yeah, and so then Jerry comes out in the cowboy boots. He kind of, like, slides a little bit wearing them. Yes. Because yeah. he's clearly a man that's used to wearing a pair of tough working boots. Sure, sure. Um, and he got them because uh, Club in Dallas couldn't pay him. So they gave him the boots. That he's never worn, clearly. Yeah, and but that that's just a... I mean, if a club can't no. pay you, A... You, you tell you first. You never work that club again. B. You tell it all, every comic you know that they couldn't pay you, right? And yeah. C. You don't take their inventory. Or don't they have like a contract? Don't they have like you know? Can't you sue them afterwards, saying, "Hey, you didn't, you didn't own up to your contract." It didn't say like, "Hey, if we don't have the money, here's some boots instead," and you still yeah. signed it. It's I I've mean, I've never been in a position where I never been paid a certain amount like no right. one's ever said you know we can't afford that i mean i've had gigs where they said we can either pay you in weed or or money yeah and, but yeah. they were able to pay you this is yeah a club it just... was one of those like you can either take 20 bucks in cash or you can take 50 bucks in weed and i was like, like well 50 bucks in weed sounds pretty good but he did the work for them true yeah you know that it, that's they, the thing. He didn't like literally negotiate like, oh, a pair of cowboy boots sounds good to me. It's Whatever like, Jerry's making too is worth way more than a single pair of cowboy. Easily, boots. he's making yeah. like cowboy boot money like for one night. He's making like ten pairs of cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah. Per performance, like so. There's two shows a night. So he he's making two pairs of cowboy boots. Dude, they pro- per if show. They flew him into Dallas. Then he's probably there for. A week or a Easily. weekend. Well, Thursday so through Sunday. Yeah. doing ten performances. Yeah, one show Wednesday, two Thursday, three Friday, three Saturday, two Sunday. Yeah, at most. That's a lot. So it's like ten shows. They owe him like a hundred pair of cowboy boots, pretty mm-hmm. much. Well, Ugh. regardless, uh, Jerry is the uh, number one uh, non-boundary making comedian. Yeah, he, he likes to get taken advantage of, not just from his friends, but from everybody around him. Yeah. Mm. And uh, he does have a nice callback moment where he says, I don't want to be a cowboy. Yeah. Which is just like his line, I don't want to be a pirate. Yes. Uh, from the puffy shirt episode. Pretty much and, delivered the same exact way. Yeah. And, but I also want to point out, like, Jerry's Peter Pan syndrome. I'm like, how do you not want to be a pirate or a cowboy? Yeah. Like, yeah. you would want to be one of those two things if you're Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, he would. I remember... Yeah. That line, I don't want to be a cowboy, that was in the advertisements for the syndicated Seinfeld on, uh, nice. like, back in the day when they right. were, you know, yeah. early 2000s when they were showing the replays. Yeah. You know, they're like, like, coming up Seinfeld, I don't want to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, that was the worst Seinfeld impression. <laughs> I think in the history of this podcast... Quit uh, doing Rick, Seth. It's how, not how working. Many, <laughs> how many episodes is this? 100... Something like that. We're, so, uh, in, we're in the 80s by now. Yeah. At least the 80s. We just hit the halfway point mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. And yeah. I think throughout all those, you could listen to every single one, and that was by far the <laughs> dead last worst Jerry Seinfeld impression. <laughs> yeah. It almost sounded like a clown. Like, 
I, oh, I don't want to be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to be a cowboy. It sounds like. It sounds like they're sticking a popsicle up my butt while I'm singing the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. In Jerry Seinfeld's poorly oh. attempted voice. Very into things going in your bum. Say, it, can you say? It, it, it's. I just don't have the vocal range to impersonate Jerry. <laughs> it's all good. We don't who all do, have to be. Who Jerry. do you have the vocal range to impersonate, Seth? Mm. Scott Hall. Scott mm. Hall. The okay. wrestler. Yeah. Ready? Razor this is, Ramon? This is the only impression I can do. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. dead on. That's the only impression. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. I wish I knew more about wrestling so I could verify. It, it, it's literally yeah. like for like. Well, hey, yo. <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah. Well, bummer. I just found out about someone who's dead. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Don't talk about any character. No, we're just going to jinx it all. They're going to die soon. I know. We're all going to die eventually. So before we die. (laughs) Wow. Way to run from your own mortality, (laughs) Daryl. Let's talk more Seinfeld. Yeah, totally. But Uh, first, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Shave your carcass with Dollar Shave Club. If you're looking to end it all, try Dollar Shave Club. (laughs) Uh, so then we got uh, we got Kramer and George. Um, they're talking about how they got invites to Tim Watley's party. Yes. And Jerry didn't, and Jerry's like, hey, you know, do they, do they think uh, maybe he's a uh, yeah, maybe. We're only going to do bad Seinfeld impressions anymore for this episode. <laughs> oh, do you think maybe he didn't invite me on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you said this or do you think you said that? <laughs> that doesn't sound like him. No, that that was in the ballpark. At least. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's always talk. He's talking about like, well, do you think they invited me? Like, oh, he is he gonna come or is he gonna come? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a little later with Elaine where Elaine starts uh, snooping for Jerry, but yeah, but. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is where he asked Elaine to snoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, Elaine, go, uh, go do some snooping for me. Uh, And then we have uh, this really quick scene, and it's it's remarkable to me in that like nothing funny happens in this scene with the electrician at the mom and pop shop. Definitely, nobody in this scene is funny. No, there's no punchlines. The nope. electrician is just like, "Hey, that's gonna be forty. That's gonna be four thousand dollars." And they're like, "Well, we can't afford that." And he's like, "Well, I gotta report you, or else I lose my license." And they're like, "Well, this is just an untenable situation all around." And then I, everyone goes home and cries. Well, yeah. I don't think this is a thing. Like, I don't think like suddenly, uh, since you're not passing code, like we're, I'm just gonna shut you down. I well, feel like any electrician could turn a blind eye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting the punchline of the scene. Yeah. Like you make it so, you know, so morose, you know, we're going to lose the shop. And then they're like, oh, let's blame Kramer if it wasn't for his nosebleed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then Kramer pops in. Yes. And mm-hmm. says, hey, should get that sidewalk outside fixed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's like kind of the one redeeming moment in this scene. Um, sure. So now we have Jerry and George and they're driving top down in mm-hmm. november because george is just living it up in his john voight car right. right and then jerry finds um a j-o-h-n john voight registry 
in the glove box. Right. And he's just like, man, he's really laying into George. Like, I wrote in my notes, big schadenfreude energy is, like, kind of how mm-hmm, I... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's very rarely this outright vindictive to another... Like, yeah. just yeah. cruelly mean to George. Well, like, let, let's explore his infatuation with John Voight. He is a very big... He's a... He's a fan. He's someone who enjoys John Voight's work. So, yeah. do you think they only picked John Voight because they could get him? Well, they had to pick someone they could get, right? Yeah, right. Firstly, but do you think like they wrote it for John Voight, and they're like, "Yeah, let's see if we can get him, and then if we can, cool." Yeah. Or were they like, I don't know, just write it for twenty different? possible let's see if we could get tommy lee jones <laughs> yeah exactly or like a gene hackman or something i don't know i guarantee you they tried to get some of those other people that jerry mentions by name where he's like hey there's gregory peck's bicycle you right know? right like <laughs> right. i'm sure those are other names that they that they reached for <laughs> gregory peck would have been a weird thing i don't even think he was alive then Gregory Peck, I don't think died until the two thousands, but mm. I don't, I don't know for certain. So don't remind us it. all again who was Gregory Peck. He was in dude, To he Kill was Atticus a Finch. Dude. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird. Definitely won an Oscar for that. Mm. Um, and, you know, give me a bigger role. <laughs> uh, Roman Holiday. Hmm. Was he in any blockbusters? <laughs> no. <laughs> what, who was Definitely. he in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Wait, yeah. was he in the Twilight movies? He's Mister Mixel Pizzlet in, the, uh, in Superman Five. Now um, he's not Charlton Heston. Big. You have to make me spell my name backwards. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's talking about yeah the different names and uh, how John Voight doesn't spell it with an H. Yeah, and then George kicks him out of the car. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Because then, he's so livid that like well, this possibly could not be John Voight's car. Daryl, who is your favorite actor? Uh, Open question to you, Zach, as well. Uh, Pick an actor you really, really enjoy. Like if they know. had a movie, I really like Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford. You know, just as a random full name. <laughs> there you go. All he's right. actually a pretty good comp to. I should have brought him up when we were talking about John Voight. He's a pretty there you good go. comp. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, let's say uh, you have a snowboard. Then mm-hmm. someone said it was from Robert Redford. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you snowboard? No. This is the okay. first time he went like up to S- Sundance Festival. Aspen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's shredding the shredding the big old yeah. soft powder. Or yeah. like a guitar. You play guitar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's say uh, someone said, "Oh, here's a guitar. It belonged to Robert Redford." Cool. Yeah. yeah. Would you be such a fan that you'd be like, "Wow, I got." Robert Redford's guitar. Right. You know, you it, play it's it? a cherished. You know, that's you know, so funny. I was I was looking on this music website where they sell music gear called yeah. Reverb, and uh, I saw this one guitar pedal, and it was like previously owned by George Clooney, and I was what? like, "What? George Clooney, the not guitar player? Yeah, like, who would who want gives that? A shit? Yeah, like, who cares about that? Like, I saw something. It was the Don Rickles estate sale." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're selling a copy of the Kama Sutra. What you no. could own Don Rickles' copy? Did he like sign it? Or? You call that like, Congress of the Cow? <laughs> like, oh my god, I can't yeah. imagine. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> thinking, it's like if you're a super fan, like I, I would love to own something that was owned by Rodney Dangerfield. Like, sure, if, if he had a an air fryer, sure, yeah, you know what? 
But it would have to be something you would use. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I would tell people, hey, this air fryer belonged to Rodney Dangerfield. What about like a uh, like a shoe buffer? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, anyways, it uh, it's like, hey, guys, this is Sam Kinison's doorstop. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Woo. Yeah. So I'm just saying, George is a big John Voight fan. So let's. I understand. It, it's yeah, but like he's not though. He's not. He's I not don't, a John no. Voight fan until he finds out he can own John Voight's car. Yeah. Well, it's just the celebrity itself. I don't think it's because it's John Voight particularly. He thinks it's giving him cachet, clearly. Yes, clout, yeah. He's mm-hmm. telling everyone he knows. He's like, I got sure. John Voight's car, guys. But we're also in the George era where he's ultra confident and things are going for him. Which is also, I don't think a lot of people would announce that today, because he's pretty out conservative, so I don't know if anybody's like, oh boy, John Voight, yeah! Yeah, yeah, who knows. Uh, So, then uh, George kicks him out of the car, and then these dudes want to fight Jerry, Mm -hmm. and then Jerry slips while he's running away. Yeah, he's trying to run in his his cowboy boots, but he can't. he, He doesn't even put his jeans over. Yeah. You would think he would put the jeans over the cuffs. Like, why are you wearing the... Yeah, why do you? Why look, are you wearing why are you it wearing like a five-year-old? A, yeah. Like, this is how little boys yeah. dressed up like They're, Batman wear these their These aren't boots. your, like, yellow rubber rain boots. Yeah, dude. I don't know. He's... Yeah. It's Peter Pan syndrome. Um, yeah. So he, he slips and chips his tooth. Yeah. So now we're back at the apartment. Jerry is telling George and Elaine um, about this, like slipping incident because Mm -hmm. he's scared of other grown men Um, i mean first of all why is george there in the first place if if someone got me in a fight and like if we got in a yelling match and he kicked me out of the car i would have been like screw you you aren't coming up to my place right right you know that we're fighting you don't think yeah jerry and george don't have any type of uh hey man give me some space or give me a a couple of days I just let me clear the air. Mm-hmm. I need to like not see you for right, a little bit, right, right. you know. Um, so yeah, but he's over there, and then and then there's a like pause, and George is like, maybe he spells it J O H N, but he changed it to John for showbiz because J O N is so zippy, right? <laughs> right. And nobody buys it. Nobody's no. like, nope. Why would he do that? Yeah. <laughs> so but he, he can't. He can't. Uh, you know. Kill the ghost or whatever. Yeah, and so uh, he says that he's going to put the Yankees organization's resources to work on finding out if this is John Voight's car. So dumb. Just so dumb. He hasn't even called the dealership to be like, hey, do you have any authentication? Right, right. But I think we missed something in a previous scene because George told Kramer, I think towards the end of the last scene in the apartment, he was like, hey. My car used to belong to John Voight, and Kramer is all in. He's like boss, yeah. exactly. He's so yeah, which applies to this because he's, you know, because Kramer comes and right, and he interacts or he he runs into John Voight literally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, then Elaine is alone with Jerry, and she's like, "Hey, I snooped and found out uh, that he said, well, why would Jerry bring anything?'" So the question Elaine asks is. Should Jerry bring anything? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Watley's response is, why would Jerry bring anything? And then Jerry's like, well, did he say, why would Jerry bring anything? Or why would 
Jerry bring anything? <clears throat> no. Mm-hmm. It's why why would Jerry bring anything or why would Jerry bring anything? Mm-hmm. And then Elaine says, No, he emphasized the wood. Yes. <laughs> wood, Jerry. So. Yeah, so yeah. clearly there's no like clear distinction of should he go, should he not go? He should probably not go. Yeah. I would have taken this as a nah, I'm good. But yeah. he doesn't because he has a chipped tooth. And yeah. George says that there's going to be a lot of dentists there. Uh, that's a little bit later. What happens right now is Kramer comes in and he's like, hey, guys, mom and pop flew the coop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't find mom and pop. Also, your sneakers are gone forever, Jerry. Right. You're going to have to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, they, they left or they just bailed. Yeah. The business. Yeah. Even though he still has shoes with just gum on the bottom. Right. Yeah. Which he can is just wear his normal fucking shoes, walk around the block, and the problem will resolve itself. Yes. Yeah. Go walk in, on some grass for a minute. Yeah, dude. So silly. Um then we switch over to George with the Yankees and mm-hmm. he's pitching like, Oh, we should have, right. you know, Joe Pepitone Day. And maybe yeah, uh John days. Voigt Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And everybody's uh, like, what the fuck? Why would you mention John Voight? Yeah, and everyone's like, we should never let George call meetings ever again. Yeah. <laughs> now, no looking more. back, George was very ahead of his time because now you can't go to a game without there being some promotional giveaway. That's it's true. It's true. Yeah. We've always, it's always like, I, I know at Dodger games they have like Mexican heritage, Korean sure. heritage, Pacific sure. Islander heritage. All these, uh, all these sorts of things that Seth hates, um, and uh, I hate all heritages. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if you were True. born before 1977, you are dead to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they will, they will be dead soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that that gives me a little pep in my step. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got to get through the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's true. Ballparks, they constantly but bobbleheads. I know they do, like, yeah. Souvenir bats. T-shirts. That. But that all, like, revolves around the stadium and the players and stuff. It's never just yeah. like, hey, here's Britney Spears' bobblehead. Yeah, no, so you wouldn't like, have a, like. Just some random celebrity, especially they, from 20 years earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's Warren Beatty Appreciation Night. Like, yeah. what? Right. Why? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're the Cubs. It's Andy. Like, well, if we play in Chicago, what is this? Yeah, uh, it's Don Knotts Appreciation Night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it depends. Because there's been promotions. Like, <clears throat> the Miami, Miami Heat had a 2000, like a 2000 or 2001 Will Smith bobblehead because of his song Miami. Yeah. Okay, so, that makes more sense. But that, that's the tie-in. Yeah, yeah, so there could be a tie-in with uh, Yankees it was also... and Midnight Cowboy, John yeah. Voight. You know, uh, so yeah. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of that possibility. That is a pretty classic New York movie. Right. If you think about it. <laughs> Especially if you're in baseball, it's like, you know, four pitches. Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah. Right. Right. There you go. <laughs> no strikes. I'm walking. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's talking. Wasn't um, he in Deliverance, too? He was in Deliverance, yeah. yeah. And Ali. So there you go. You could have, um, like, maybe, uh, yeah, during the seventh inning stretch, have that one scene where he gets butt raped. 
Yeah, on the jumbotron. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> and they're Ned like, you know, Betty got. Oh, that's oh, right, that's right. Yeah. And then they could, uh, you know, hand out some commemorative bats that go up your ass or something. I don't know. <laughs> They've got little Yankees condoms yep. that go over your mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I mean, that's for the marketing department. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, he's the assistant travel secretary. Why is he with the marketing department? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he he just proved why he should not be making any calls. Uh, Then we switch over to Elaine, and she's at the Dixieland Hall. Yes. um, And she's hanging out there. What I wrote uh, is she's hanging out there with Asperger's jazz fans. Um, Yeah, yeah, right. You guys are like, oh, anyone could have got the butterfly rag. whatever i don't understand this also too they never said like oh it it includes a concert yeah for the ticket it was like no just get the ticket and that's it but like i'm guessing that the type of people who listen to this radio station other than elaine are like the type of people they're portraying Mm -hmm. yeah and they're like oh cool more jazz also like they start playing the music and she's you know clearly sitting right in front of the band and the guy is playing a trumpet right in her ear. Right. Which I can't imagine. Again, like, why doesn't she just get up? Yeah. Walk outside walk and wait away. for the band. Like, to not. Like, clearly you could hear the band outside <laughs> and mean, wait for them to end and then go get your ticket. <laughs> I mean, why was she even sitting there in the first place? Because right. she asked them, where's the prize? Did somebody tell her where to go? And they yeah. said that you have to wait for the music to finish. Yeah. And I understand you have to wait for the band or whatever, but that doesn't mean you have to stand right in front of them the whole time. (laughs) Like, there's no other place for you in that whole auditorium. Yeah. It was weird, too, that they would set up a table for the winners, and one of them would be facing away from the jazz band (laughs) that they're there to see. Yet, inches from the jazz band that's playing right in her ear. And I don't want to talk too much shit on these, like, extras that are in the jazz band. But they clearly are like, like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic characters. Yeah, like they're all moving and they're all like, <laughs> you're like, who they're, plays? But jazz those that who way? couldn't see, who plays jazz? Daryl uh, sort of did like a little dwarf, seven dwarfs yeah. high ho mm-hmm. dance. Uh, you know, I just want to il- illustrate the yeah. visual. I did, I did a little soft shoe. I did some uh, break dancing for yeah. quick, little Charles quick thing. Sing. Yeah. yeah, I, I didn't know you could you spin on your. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you were able to get some uh, flattened cardboard that quickly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't out before. You just threw it on the ground. <laughs> Woo! But that's the thing, though, is that like, yeah, they they clearly were playing this. Oh, this is what jazz musicians look like, and you're like, for a cartoon character, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and they were basically just like pointing at her head and wiggling back and forth, mm-hmm. making it look like they're loud and annoying. I mean, all we needed was a cartoon 1920s goat conducting. Right. Yeah. right. And they would fit right in. Yeah. I want to know if they even got any, you know, direction from the director at some point. Like, hey, right before I say action, like, I want to really see you guys, like, playing. Like, I don't want to just see you just holding that instrument. Like, you really got to look like you're playing. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, at any rate, next scene we see uh, Kramer, and he's walking down the street, and he gets a nosebleed. Yeah. And then he sees the legend, the man, the myth, John Voight. Yeah. And uh, 
He's looking weird in this episode. Got That's a nice a stash. Hair. Yeah, I, I'm nice still stash. concerned about the nosebleeds. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. This is a, at least it's like fall weather, dry. So sure, you know, that your capillaries somewhat sense. But yeah. it's after the second or the third or the what fourth. What about all that crystal that they constantly talk about Kramer mm. doing? You know, yeah, he might be doing a lot of H. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the scratching. He's like, hey, Jerry, you know my friend Tina? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jerry, I'm just trying to chase the dragon. Yeah, exactly. Come on. You want to grab it with me? Hey. Come on, Jerry, let's get a hotel room. uh, (laughs) We'll spend two days getting weird together. (laughs) I sold my fridge, Jerry. Come on, Jerry. (laughs) Sold my fridge for Beth. (laughs) All my food is fresh. I'll need need your food, Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a fridge. Actually, I uh, won't need it. I'm pretty messed out all the yeah. time now. And this girl, Hildy, you know, I'm calling her all the time yeah. at her work. I'm all hours. Mm-hmm. I just need to mm-hmm. just need to score. Reggie's is open 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so is Hildy's snatch. Uh. Oh, no. Oh. Um, yeah, and so uh, John Voigt rightly is, you know, trying to get away from Kramer because right. Kramer is a hulking brute of a man. Um, and, uh, yeah, then Kramer tries to stick his hand inside John Voight's taxi. Right. And, uh, John Voight bites Kramer. Naturally. Um, <laughs> that might be probably one of the top ten celebrity interactions in Seinfeld history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's right up there with Raquel Welch in Rochelle Rochelle. Mm, yeah. I, I'd put this up there with, uh, Keith Hernandez... And oh, uh, right, yeah, right. classic and Kramer getting spit on like that. Yeah. That's how yeah. legendary this moment is in Seinfeld lore. It, yeah, it's John, pretty good. John Voight biting Kramer was a Seinfeld moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wonder how they pitched it to him initially. Like, hey, so what we're going to need you to do is just basically just bite this character. Yeah. And John would be like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, does cool. the check clear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. I mean, literally that I. With the different camera angles, I'm sure it couldn't have taken more than two hours to film no. total. Yeah, a day. Yeah, not even. It's just for like, him. For his part, no. I mean, yeah. sure, we'll get you in makeup, but you're used to that because you're a fifty-year mm-hmm. veteran of the biz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, that can't. I mean, this was and mid- there's no even lines. <laughs> like he's not even. He doesn't even say anything. No. He yeah. just it's like I don't have to learn anything. I just have to bite a guy. Cool. Yeah. I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hate but, Michael Richards already. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. And Look, we my... all want to bite Michael Richards. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but John Void is the only one lucky you're enough gonna to pay get to me do to it. do this. <laughs> I'll do this for free. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. The the biting is a little weird. That feels excessive. Yes. But. Um, yeah. I mean, celebrities are weird. Maybe this is playing off of, like, um, the whole Sean Penn, Penn Madonna <laughs> era of Sean Penn, where he would, like, attack pe- photographers. Would, yeah. Maybe. When he right. was, like, going out to, like, you know, very visible places where paparazzi would be, and when he would, like, even some I red mean, carpets, he would attack paparazzi, right? People's teeth are definitely um, not fun. I've been bit. There's the comparison. Sean Penn and John Voight. Mm. Yeah. I would say they were go. equal footing for actors. Yeah, they were probably pretty f- similarly famous at that point. Well, I'm at just saying point, if you... I think Sean Penn got. Mm. But if you just yeah. take the full career so far. Uh, right. I think uh, 
you could compare them as they a level are. of equal fame. And they're definitely the same, like politically now. Yeah, not but, in like well, not in the same uh, team. Yeah, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, John Voight really wasn't in any blockbusters. Neither right. was Sean Penn. Yeah. But, you know, Sean Penn had Carlito's Way. He had um, Sweet and Down Low. Sweet and Down Low. Like, he right. had a bunch of... Um, Dead Man Walking. Yeah, signature roles that people remember him for. Sure. But he's never going to be one of those guys who is, you know... A, yeah, he's not playing Iron Man. No. Yeah. You'd never want him to. Yeah, you wouldn't want to put up with that for Iron Man. Mm-mm. No. Spicoli as Iron Man? Nah. No. He did have Spicoli though. Yeah, that was that was like his breakthrough. Though. I want to so. see him in like I am Sam, but I am Iron Man. Yeah, That'd be yeah. sweet. That would. It's like a just a. Hey man, we're in the multiverse now. Neurodivergent totally Iron Man, or yeah. like Doctor Strange, but like Doctor Milk. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we have that biting, and then um, basically. Kramer base like says, uh, "Well, we can use this." Yeah. So we're we're uh, we're back at Jerry's apartment. Jerry's talking about this chip tooth, and he's like, "I'm just going to the party. I need to see a dentist." Uh, and then Kramer um, shows the teeth marks to George, and then George has this pencil from his glove box, and he's like, "We can compare these. Right. We can get an expert, i.e., a dentist, mm-hmm. which is like." I don't know how much like an actual dentist would be able to say like, oh, this bite mark on a mm-hmm. hand marks these bite marks. On no, a you would pencil. have to do like a mold or something like that. Yeah, yeah. you would need a forensic dentist, right? Right. Like there's I mean, specialists for that, right? right? Right. No, I disagree. I think because uh, dentists they do have the thing that you bite down pretty much at any appointment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I would say that if any. Trained, licensed, and honest dentist would be able to give a, uh, like, if you were to bring it into court, a dentist would be an expert just with their profession. Sure, sure. So I'm, I'm giving uh, George and Kramer uh, a uh, pass on this. Uh, Maybe if you could take pictures and then like match those pictures up. I don't know. I feel like there has to be a cell phone, and you could just take a picture of the. I'm also like, uh, I love how Kramer is now going to go to this party and show people his open wound mm-hmm. at, a, yeah. at a dinner party. Like, Yeah, clearly like you would think this has bro- broken the skin, right? Or yes. made yeah. some sort of mark. Yeah, but this is also a very underutilized uh, tool with Seinfeld, the George Kramer. Like, they're magic uh, when they're d- Every together. time they're together, it's some, like... Like, have you guys Lucy done... Lucy and Ethel shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you guys done great. the Serenity Now episode yet? No, no. that's coming up. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it, but... <laughs> but still, maybe this is, like, one of those times where they say, this is a good dynamic. Let's um, right. expand on it later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I know for sure we have like one episode where uh, where George and Kramer get together for the first time, and it's it's just super fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always kind of a joy to see because it doesn't happen as much as Jerry and Kramer happens a lot, and Jerry and George happens a lot, and right, Elaine and George happens a decent amount of time, but for whatever reason, Kramer doesn't really mix with George that much. Yeah, but it's like the best. It's the best on-court duo, I think. Oh, for sure. 
They feed into and each I other's do, worst. Yeah, George senses. definitely listens to him more. Yeah. And will f- basically follow whatever Kramer's doing. Yeah. There was that run where like Kramer would just be like, hey, lend me your your credit card and I'll mm-hmm. buy some plane tickets and right. completely fuck George out of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Right. It's just like, what are you doing, George? But yeah. But no, this is a fun one. I love when uh, Kramer, in, like, he's all into something. Yeah. Like, you know, and he has somebody to play off with that dynamic. It's really, it's really fun. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they were at the party. They were doing their thing. It was fun. Yeah. So now we're at we're at Tim Watley's party, and we meet Tim Watley, played by Brian Cranston. Yep, he's the guy. Um, and yeah, I would you know his first of five appearances in Seinfeld history. Yeah, and we we have some pretty classic plot lines. There's probably more classic plot lines with uh, Tim Watley than there are with with Banya. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't show up as much. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like the whole uh, the conversion. Right. Plot yeah. line is pretty damn classic. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, we're... there has to be a first appearance, though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. And he, yeah. I think he doesn't have a beard later. I think yeah. he has a beard in this episode, but not in uh, in prior yeah. episodes or. Yeah, future Upcoming. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at we're at Watley's apartment and uh, nice place. Yeah, pretty yeah. big. It's very yeah, nice. He's, pretty nice. He must be a good dentist. Mm-hmm. You know? I would go to him. Dentist um, to the stars, maybe. Oh, maybe. Ooh. So, and we know that his apartment uh, is overlooking where they inflate the balloons for the Macy's Day Parade. Right. Um, so this is this is pretty cool. Um, so. Uh, we start with Jerry sneaking into the party, right? Sneaking and just in. asking people, "Are are the, you Dennis? You Dennis? Dennis? Trying to look Dennis, for Dennis? Dennis?" And it's like it's like he's scalping fucking tickets, <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. For selling drugs? Yeah, exactly. Extra not subtle about it. Um, <laughs> are you a narc? Yeah. <laughs> Can I trust you? Are you a dentist? Um, and uh, are you a dentist? You have to tell me if you are, otherwise it's yeah. entrapment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so um, they're watching. Uh, George is watching them inflate uh, Woody Woodpecker, and George is like, "I can't stand Woody Woodpecker. He's an instigator, right?" <laughs> Which is a hundred percent true. Woody Woodpecker's whole shtick as a cartoon character is just that he picks fights with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what a woodpecker does, right? I mean, yeah. I guess so. I always thought they were kind of like the assholes of the bird community. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. I guess so. I mean, that's why noise and shit. That's why Woody Woodpecker is insufferable and Bugs Bunny is endearing because Mm. Bugs Bunny was always responding to like a grievance. It was always like, like, I'm going to be a a kind of a dickhead because of something because you're trying to shoot me. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just being an asshole from the get go. Well, it's like and it's like, well, when someone's threatening to murder you, like, Cross-dressing and kissing is, like, kind of a low-level yeah, offense, right. you know? <laughs> like, catfishing Elmer Fudd doesn't sound as bad as murder, you know? Well, talking to certain people, it might might be worse. Oh, okay. This is a, I, I'm not familiar with this trend. <laughs> certain LGBTQ communities members, maybe they're like, uh... Yeah. yeah, that's why Yosemite Sam was the more accepted. Right, Yeah. right. Uh, antagonist because there wasn't any uh androgyny he, there. yeah and he didn't like say any 
uh, homophobic slurs or anything. He no, was just, no. But, but when he started out, uh, his name was anti-Semiti, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. He was a yeah, yeah. freaking Jews. Yeah. Snacking. Fracking, fracking. <laughs> Israel lot for Bert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, so, so we got that. I totally agree. Woody Woodpecker is a complete asshole. Um, and then um, Elaine shows up, and she's uh, she's deafened from the Dixieland jazz because she forgot how standing up and walking away works. Right, and, and she's carrying a clock empire. It's like. Some sort of award or something? It has a big pedestal. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's about the size of a toaster. Right. What did the radio station have to do with the Empire State Building? I don't know. Why does she need to get a big statue for winning this contest? I thought don't know. winning the contest was you got to hold the float. Yeah, exactly. that's it. Now you get also a prize or some sort of trophy. Yeah, okay. So so it makes no sense, but she's holding this big trophy and she right. brings it to the party. Maybe right. there was like a thing where they all had to bring something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what should Jerry bring? <laughs> and why so her entire plan up to this point was to bring this thing. Yeah. Even so, though it's not a housewarming present, it's just Yeah. yeah Brian Cranston said like, "Hey, don't forget your trophy." Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, um also, we, we forgot to mention earlier that Elaine was kind of like, I always had a crush on that Tim Watley. Mm-hmm. He's the only respectable character in this entire series so far. I definitely have a crush on him. Sure. Yes. And Jerry does ask her to marry him. Yeah, yeah right. It's right. really weird. Because she's deaf and she can't hear anything, and she's like, huh, what? And he's like, <laughs> Kind of cool. like, well, I tried. Yep. yep. I, I don't know. Jerry, I don't know. Uh, and so then we have George and uh, Kramer. Now they're trying out this like pencil thing with like different, right? Like, different dentists and right. Trying it out with Watley, and then Watley like gets distracted, and he like takes the pencil away with him. Yep, to mm-hmm. give some guy his phone number or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Not in a perverse way. Just like, hey, you're leaving. Let me give you my phone number. Right. Yeah. And then he puts the pencil in his mouth too. Yeah, and then uh, and then he spots Jerry, and he's like, "Jerry, what are you doing here?" Right, right. Well, well before that, George and Kramer were showing the bite to a dentist, mm-hmm. and she yeah. said, "Yes, I could check that out. You know, I could compare." So yeah. then George looks and sees Watley with the pencil in his mouth. Yeah. Wait, was that be- after? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and we also have um, Elaine. Uh, Watley is hitting on Elaine and uh, Watley asks her out and then Elaine is like turning him down because she's she's deafened. Right. And she, she thinks that he's offering her some food and she's like, no, nah, I don't want that. She yeah. could have eh. just told him that yeah. she can't hear. You would yeah. think? She told Jerry. <laughs> yeah, mention it. Yeah. You it, would think she would do that. But also like why... Why does she also think that if she does do that, like, she's ruined her chances? And how does yeah. she even get there to begin yeah. with? Because right. if you lost your hearing, you'd be like, okay, I'm in for the night until I see a doctor. I can't drive. Yeah. I guess she took a taxi or something. It... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So whatever. She puts down the statuette, right? And so... uh, Right. On, like, a windowsill. 
Then, uh, then we have George and Kramer. They're talking about John Voight's car, and they mention it to Watley, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you bought John Voight's car. Very cool." And they're like, mm-hmm. "You know, yes, awesome. It belonged to John Voight, the actor." And he's like, "No, John Voight, the periodontist." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like because yep, every dentist knows every other dentist. Yes. This again is that um, occupational racism that mm-hmm. we had from mm-hmm. from last episode. Yes, it makes a little more sense with dentists because it's like a profession. Sure, you have to have a license. Uh, it, I'm trying to like I'm trying to be the contrarian just to get the logic. So George, yes, he would shop for a like a periodontist would sell the car to this dealership because mm-hmm. it's in New York City, right? So yeah. George could be there and just oh John Voight same name though but an Impala. So yeah. it, it's like my criticism with Star Wars for my uh you know my podcast um you know soapworthy the Star Wars podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um like my big criticism is just too incestuous. There's like a small yeah. group of people that everything in the universe or in the galaxy happens to. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. could be yeah. Seinfeld, like, oh, yeah, I bought that. You know, my buddy sold that car, and you picked up, picked it up. So, for be- being a big city of like you know thirty million people, yeah, it's it, pretty small. I do yeah. see the logic where it could happen, but yeah, it just it's probably would never happen. That I, I hate that incestuous relationships and different right. things where you gotta, where you just gotta assume that. Everybody in their storyline in their universe is living for these people, right? Yeah, and right. the The center of the universe is Jerry, and everybody's around him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's always I always say it's like kind of sloppy storytelling, where yeah. things just sometimes just happen a little too conveniently. Really? <laughs> yeah. When has that ever happened in Seinfeld? <laughs> Never. <before> this? Never. <laughs> I mean, every day, every episode. Are you saying that this is a day sex machina? Yeah. Is that what you guys are saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I don't believe it. It is it is a very solid punchline to the storyline. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. This whole time they've been trying to verify it and it's like verified. You know, you know that they weren't gonna say John Voigt the orthodontist. They weren't gonna say right. John Voigt the you know uh anesthesiologist yeah john voight the periodontist they uh very funny they should have brought a call back and said john voight the serial killer (laughs) but they wouldn't and then um so then jerry uh he finally finds a dentist at the party who will see him right so then he's like leaning back in the windowsill knocks over elaine's very pointy statuette of the Empire State Building. Yep. And it pops Woody. Oh, no. What I do like is the attention to detail. You see, like, they've had a lot of air rushing inside. Yes. You can see, uh, like, hair moving on people in the direction away from the window. So Yeah, Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's, uh, his hair is, like, definitely, like, moving yeah. And he's like, "What?" He makes a comment. I forget what comment he makes. Yeah. But it's like because people are like, "Is it popped?" And he's like, "I think it's popped." Because yeah. it's like blowing all over him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Then we cut to the next day. Kramer and Jerry are watching the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, someone called Jerry. Like a random person was like, hey, someone said they were selling Jerry Seinfeld sneakers. Yeah. While watching the parade, they saw Elaine's boss being covered by the balloon. Right, yes. right. So, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the balloon starts to deflate, and that wraps up that storyline. Yeah, exactly. Poor Mr. Pitt. He's uh, he's really upset that Woody Woodpecker is collapsing on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Jerry gets this random call, and it's uh, they're at a garage sale in New Jersey. And so... How, how does this guy find out Jerry's home number? That's he never has explained. The number written on his shoe? I felt like they could have very easily said, like, hey, your number was written inside the tongue of your shoe or something like Maybe that. Maybe he has his name on the shoe, which is also weird. And then he just Jerry? looked up Jerry Seinfeld in the phone book. Maybe if Jerry still has a publicly listed number. But Jerry Seinfeld, to me, feels like the type of infantile yeah. man-child that would still, like, write his name inside of his sneakers yes. like if found return to yes you know? i mean who would call somebody for a pair of shoes that they bought at a yard sale i think yeah. he also said that jerry seinfeld the comedian so he was almost like maybe a fan i think someone was trying to sell these as like yeah like we are selling all these shoes as Jerry Seinfeld the famous comedian's old shoes. Yeah, these are, you know, these are Meryl Streep sneakers. Right. <laughs> you know basically. <laughs> and uh, you know. Yeah, these are pay a little more. These are Don Rickles colostomy bags. These are f- very valuable. <laughs> uh so they're like, well how are we going to get to Ipswich, New Jersey or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere uh, out upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they don't have a car, so they just take the bus. Yeah, yeah. very, con- very, very convenient that they just mentioned. Oh, my car is in the shop. Just yeah. There. So they have this this bus scene where uh, it's like the end of Midnight Cowboy, mm-hmm. and Kramer's uh, crumpled up, and he's like, "I'm not going to a hospital. They're just gonna kill me in there, or whatever." Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, we hear a very synthesized version of everybody's talking play. Definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that we just end on this midnight cowboy note. It's weird. Um, Definitely very weird. Yeah, and then we just have a little bit of stand-up about uh, Jerry, like the marching band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, how the band is moving so that you can't get away from them, right? Uh, and you just my wave. favorite. Yeah, yeah. So that was the uh, mom and pop store, guys. And that being said, I think that all we have to do is get you to throw out those social media mm. handles, Seth. Okay, um, just Twitter at the A with the circle around it. S L A Z E A R one. Is that what that means? On Twitter. Yeah. At? Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, my God. Don't at me. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm learning new things, and you guys can learn new things by liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing, follow us in the show notes, yada, yada, yada. You know what to do. And until next time, please just keep it sponge-worthy. <laughs> See
you think you're sponge worthy? She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy.